Hi, everyone. Welcome to Get a Word In With Me, your host, Josh Wagner, connecting with different locations and vocations, discussing yesterday, today, and beyond. And today, we're truly going beyond borders and blockades. Today, we're going to a place that's not unfamiliar with isolating. By choice or not, I'm not the one to say. Today's talk is not based upon politics. I'm just so ecstatic to connect with my friend, Heretzi, down in Havana, Cuba. Great to have you here, Heretzi. How are you? Very good. Thanks for having me. I like your, your gorilla fatigues today. You're I mean, pulling I, the it, uniform. It's on purpose. It's on purpose. I had to. I, yeah, I'm, I'm going with it. Well, so Heretzi, I like to start off with a dinner table introduction, so I'm going to give it to you right now, right? So my introduction to Heretzi is honestly where to begin. She's a production exec. She is a director, DJ, Cuba specialist, music and music junkie. Uh, from a publishing perspective, paper, details, J Magazine has thrown epic parties in countless locations. She has been bringing culture, Cuban culture, to the world for years now. People like Questlove, Diplo, Major Lazer. She has repatriated to Cuba. And to have her here today is an amazing thing. So, Heretzi, thank you. And I do want to start with I've known you for over 15 years. Uh, you come from also an entertainment legendary legacy family. Uh, Central Bosco was a location in Havana in the 50s, which was an epic nightclub music venue that came to Miami in the 60s. I've known Heretzi and her family for over 15 years, helping me with music programming at the Florida Room at Delano, the Edition Hotels. Um, I just want to say the last time I saw you was in Cuba at Major Laser performing on the Malecon. Can you just share a short bit about that story? On stage, right? I mean, that was like an emotional moment as a Cuban-American to be there. Half a million people showed up. Um, no one, everyone thought maybe 20,000 people would show up to a major laser event. And it was 2016 under the Obama era. So there was reconciliation happening. It was a very wonderful emotional moment. Everybody included. And obviously you contributed to Give Me Future, which was the entire documentary of Major Laser being the first American band to play before the Rolling Stones, actually, right? They were a week before. Yeah, I can't take credit for the booking. Fabiana Musicabana did it. Um, yeah. I'm, one of the, I'm one of the producers on, on the film, which Matador Films produced. And um, yeah, it was a week before. That. I call that March Madness that year because the first week Major Lazer played, the second week Rolling Stone played. Mm. Um, sorry, second week Obama came to speak. It had been 80 years since a U.S. president had come to Cuba. Mm. And then the week after Rolling Stone. So it was like boom, 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 boom that Amazing. month. And ju just to put it in reference, when did you repatriate to Cuba? Um, I got here end of 15. So I've been here since then and a year and a half in. So maybe 2017. I actually, the day I picked up my passport from the immigration office was the day that Trump went on the news in Miami and said he was going to shut Cuba down. He was going to um, undo all the changes Obama did. Yeah, it was, and I remember holding onto the passport and hugging it, going, "Okay, I'm not going to get kicked out of here. I'm a Cuban national now." Oh my goodness. Well, yeah, things have changed a little bit since those days, and uh, let's keep moving forward because that's the only place that we can hopefully go, right? It's it was forward. two years of progress undone. Yeah. Long story short. All right. Well, let's get into some rapid fire questions because honestly, I have so many things to talk to you about, and the fact that we have just us <laughs> online with each other because actually. We're kind of like Corona, you and me. Like, we're so close, but so far away. Like, you're literally, for anyone who's flown from Miami to Cuba, it's so short. They only serve coffee and water on the plane because you reach altitude and you go back down. Like, you're so close to me. Like, you're right there. But leaps and bounds away. But I'm so happy to connect with you right now. Let's get into rapid-fire questions. 
Heretzi has no idea about this. Here we go. How many people have you hosted in Cuba yourself? Wow, I've never counted it before. Um, it would have to be hundreds, actually. Well, you know, one thing is I did travel for a while, so I got paid to do it. And other times it was just friends every week. But from the high season, which is Miami as well, like November, December to March, April, there's multiple groups here every week. And Good. some of it's just friends of ours, right? They come in from yeah. Cuba, it's their first time, you take them out every night. Yeah. What are three items you wish could be mailed to you today? That is a good question and the mind reels right now. Um, Reese's Pieces, I would love chocolate. Chocolate game is really bad down here. Um, um, pretty much like, can I just say one Amazon shipment of a ton of things? I would just have like a, an Amazon buy. Yeah. Amazon Prime rape, basically, is what I would do, um, which includes a lot of things, vitamins, whatnot. Um, uh, uh, if there was a way I could magically order internet, I would. That doesn't yeah. answer your question, but I'm being surreal now. If I could, Done. like, order strong internet to go. Yeah. And fun fact, Retsy and I spoke yesterday. Maybe you'd also say dog food because her dog doesn't even know what dog food is because there is no processed dog food in Cuba. They eat human food. Interesting thing. Meaning you don't want that shipped down, but just a fun fact for people to know. Next question. What is your favorite rum? I'm more of a tequila girl. I cannot lie, but I think the best rum is Santiago. Everyone is obsessed with buying Havana Club. Santiago rum for, for the baller or rum drinker that really knows it. A Santiago's bottle is a good one to give. Santiago de Cuba which is an amazing rum, an amazing city, and a huge music city, and actually the, the original distillery from the Riccardi family back in the day. Interesting. Absolutely. Santiago de Cuba, 15-year-olds, fantastic. All right, next one. <laughs> are there actually two currencies in Cuba? There are two currencies. It's a two-tier economy, and it's one of the issues they need to fix. They need to unite the money into one form of currency in this country. Uh, are things? It's going to be the beginning of even trying to like fix this mess. But yes, there's pesos and then there's a uh, convertible, which are called coots, C-U-C's. So basically local prices, tourist prices. Correct. There's actually two prices for everything. If you actually go into either restaurant, you can pay for either side. It's not like they kick you out and say this is a tourist restaurant. But your average Joe Schmo Cuban is not going to La Guarida every night to have dinner, for example. Which is a beautiful restaurant, by the way. All right. What is your favorite Cuban dish? Um, I'm a fan of a good old-fashioned ropa vieja, yeah. which is shredded beef. It's been shredded lamb in some restaurants. Um, I'm going to take it a step further. Casca de Guayaba is my favorite dessert, Cuban dessert. Awesome. What's one Cuban band I need to look up? Um, Sima Funk. He's kind of like right now, I think, on the come up. He just set his tiny desk. You can look it up. Um, Cuban Funk. He's actually a young Cuban guy. I really appreciate it because young people are always doing reggaeton or they're doing salsa. This guy's doing it's C I M A F U N K, Sima Funk. Sima Funk. And, we, and there's we, shows at gym. It's a stage full of people like Fela Kuti style. It's a bunch of people like going off. His, his live shows are great. Awesome. Seema Funk, we'll check it out. Short nutshell, what's the internet situation down there? Oh my gosh. Um, it's, it's, it's a combination of really tough to get the state version of it. You have to go to hotels or parks to get it. 
Um, there's a small pilot program that the government installed in Nauta. It's called NAUTA. It's like our only phone company in the whole country yeah. um, in certain houses. And then there's a whole hackery scene going on. There's people that have rigged antennas and stealing signals from hotels. And mm. it's a whole two-hour conversation if you ever want to enter it. I'm not going to bore you with it. Okay. But you have to get really thrifty here. Your average oh. grandma gets hackery too because this place turns you into that. Okay, okay. How many countries has Cuba sent doctors to during COVID-19? At least, um, it's like eight to 10 now, basically. Wow, it's amazing. a long list. Oh, I wish I could list them off to you. Uh, Jamaica, Italy, um, there's a couple in the Caribbean, there's a couple in Europe. Um, I'd say eight to 10 right now, basically. What does your wheels situation look like? Do you have a car? No, I don't actually. Um, I've always been taxiing everywhere. Um, there's a Cuban Uber, by the way. It's called Uber, C-U-B-E-R. Um, and there's a, it's a taxi service. That's what they call themselves. And then there's another um, um, app that was created in a Wi-Fi park. That's how smart like the programmers are in this country. It's called mm -hmm. Bahanda. It's pretty much like a Cuban Uber. It's cash only. What is the Cuban media saying about the corona situation in the United States? That's a really good question. Um, they're not covering it a lot. They do tend to always put Trump on the news here, which of course is highly embarrassing. Um, I'm showing my colors politically what I think right now. Um, they're really focused on themselves, to be honest. It's funny because normally there's a big rhetoric against Cuba and they talk about it all day in the news and it becomes this narrative that everyone grabs onto. That's not where the country is right now. The country is really kind of every day. There's a guy called Dr. Duran, who's kind of like our, our Dr. Fauci. And he, he explains what Cuba's doing, what the new measures are. So everyone's focused on that. And there's a show called Mesa Redonda, which means the round table. And everyone tunes in at six o'clock at night in Cuba. And that's also where the president goes on once in a while. Mm. And that's it. Honestly, there's five channels in this country. I don't know if you know that. It what? is like old school days. Yeah, yeah. You're flipping through and you're done in two seconds. What are three locations to visit in Cuba outside of Havana? Questions. Um, I'm a big beachhead. So there's a variety of beaches from Santa Maria, the really nice further away in Escayo Coco, which is the top. There's a kind of a bunch of little keys at the top of the island, which yeah. are like blue, blue waters. Mm. Um, so I, I would say beach is number one. You got to do a jump off for that. The other jump off with greens, lush forest, that type of stuff. Mm. That's Vinales. That's two hours away. There's a, if you if you want to do a quick day trip and not leave Havana too much, there's Soroa, S O R O A, which mm. is 30 minutes away. It has its little waterfalls and stuff. It's mm. not as grand as Vinales, but it's the jump off spot. And and then what you said earlier, Santiago's the other side of the island. Havana's one side, Santiago's the other. I always compare it to New York, LA, East Coast, West Coast wars. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's not a war, but both cities are always like, we're better than you. Yeah. Um, but Santiago's a big music town. And if you're on that side of the island, mm. you have to go to Baracoa, which is the land of chocolate in Cuba. Mm. That's where a lot of the farms are. It's a very charming jump off town called Baracoa on the other side. Awesome. In a nutshell, does Cuba have the, core, the, the, the cure for coronavirus? Oof. Um, they, cure is not the word. It's called interferon. And they created it apparently for dengue because um, uh, the purpose of it is it, it, mitigates, it mitigates the virus multiplying really fast, which is the issue with corona. It multiplies very fast. So they've had it. They've, um, 
mitigated a lot of deaths with that here and they're experimenting with it, but it could be potentially a medicine that will be produced in mass rounds and sent around the world. Remember we said earlier, doctors are sent to all these other countries right now. Yeah. It's not, not official, but I have a gut feeling that they're testing this medicine out in all these countries right now. Gotcha. What is the last good deed that you did? <sighs> There's a bit of a program right now that a friend of mine is doing basically. So I'm going to give money to that, basically. Um, and what he's doing is he's getting a lot of young students and they're donating food to elderly. They're driving around town, they're buying food, and it's not easy to buy food here, by the way. Yeah. And they're delivering pasta and vegetables and all that stuff to elderly. I can't go because I have asthma and if I get corona, like it's the end of her Etsy. But I think the next best thing I could do is really sort of give money to that. And it's a grassroots thing. No one from the States, for example, can help and send money to us because you can't there's no bank transfers from us to cuba and stuff like that yeah. so you really have to be on this side to kind of help the cause like cash street style oh, good nobody wants to end up heretzi okay because we want a <laughs> lot more heretzi so you stay inside and you stay safe i'm a heretzi, little bit sure on that what is your last regret oh my gosh well obviously there's the cliche the you know no regrets um Ask me in six months, because I don't know if a regret's going to be that I should have left here. Done. We'll <laughs> um, I, I, we can, now we're going to get to that when we discuss other topics, but I had yeah. that big decision here if I should stay in Cuba during Corona, if I should leave and go to the States, and the jury is still out on that one. I feel very comfortable here. I'm happy to be here right now, but if this thing lasts about a year, like I'm going to lose my mind if I don't get my, my yeah. like, 21st century break. Okay. Well, here, here, here's our next segment then. Thank you for that. We're, let's get into the location, right? So this is the part where, honestly, it's it's on the ground for me. I'm really learning about other places, what are genuinely happening by connecting with people. So speaking to you in Havana, Cuba, tell us about your location. Where are you? What's your setting? Break it down. Where's Heretzi? Um, I'm at a house in Vedado. I don't know if you can see. You can't really see anything, but it's just kind of like a mellow neighborhood there's beautiful homes in Vidado. i'm sure you you drove around and saw some of it those um, terrazzo floors are amazing by the way it's a lot of colonial the arc homes uh original tiles yeah beautiful lamps lights if, if people kept their original fixtures if they didn't cheese it out with modern stuff um where am i at actually i'm trying to think what other context to get um it's been sunny here every day basically what's, what's a lot of noises is it the rooster across the street. <laughs> What's happening in your neck of the woods that I wouldn't know about unless you told me? Like you were mentioning something about nurses? Yeah, I'm actually really interested. Honestly, this whole thing is kind of a weird social experiment for me. Um, there's a there's, there's a nurse that's actually assigned to each of the blocks, basically. It's, a, it's actually a medical office assigned to each block. And every day they're knocking on all of our doors with their little like, you know, mouthpiece on and they're, and they're asking how we're doing, who has a fever. Um, everything in this country is logged up, for better or for worse. I mean, critics would say that, you know, it's it's like a it's like sort of a military layout. Um, I'm only watching it now in the sense of medically, and medically speaking, they know every apartment. They know who's sick. If someone actually gets COVID, they they quarantine the whole building. They keep everybody on lockdown for 14 days to make sure they're okay. It's one of the reasons that here. So. I'm fascinated by, by, by the medical attention here on a community grassroots, like on the block level. It, it, yeah. That shit's real. Okay. And then what's it like supermarket situation, getting your food is, are, are the streets calm? Is there any panic? Are everyone 
covering their masks? What's it like for you to go get your groceries? Supermarket. <laughs> There's like no supermarkets in Cuba. There's not even like I see a Whole Foods photo of a shelf and I want to cry. Um, it's there's farmers markets, so you can get your occasional onion, eggplants, tomatoes. You know, you get creative with that. Now you can get creative with your bean game, which is kind of like you know garbanzos, lentils, black beans, um, and meat to be very tough to come by. I just found out that the reason that's happening is because countries can't drive from province to province to deliver their meats, so finding meat has been very tough. Mm. The way it works in life too is the little meat that does exist you're playing a scarcity game so they got higher priced i'm on a i'm on a couple of groups with diplomats and media people that i know a couple of expats that we all know some stuff is available at a much higher price um a local cuban can't buy it so you know like the reality of lord of the flies is like kind of happening not at all at a drastic level everyone has food on the table everybody could eat but once again what's going to be interesting with cuba it's not containing the virus I think they have the virus under control. It's putting food in people's mouths. Okay. That's going to be an interesting game because they're not getting imports anymore. I mean, you're also on an island. What's the fishing game like? I mean, can I just grab a rod and go out there and pick, you know, catch something? Absolutely not. Mm. Um, your average Joe Schmo cannot go fish against the wall and we're on an island. So, yeah, go figure. Um, no, you need a certain license. The police can stop you. You can't do it. Do people do it? Yeah, they snake out at three in the morning. They go on a raft, and when it's pitch black, you see them walking in with their raft, and they're like fish under their hand. That usually only happens out like deep in the boondocks where people can get away with that. You know, I don't see it in Havana a lot, right. but fishing is very regulated here. Okay, and then also location-wise, like to a store perspective, shelves, no, empty. So it's more markets. Josh, the shelves are empty all year. Okay. So to be to be fair, it's one of the reasons panic buying hasn't really happened here. Um, they're generally empty. But when you live here, you get resourceful. You whenever you see like an you know olive oil, you grab it when you see it. Everyone tends to stockpile and stuff. So that so there's no additional happening. panic. So it's it's relatively calm. Okay, great. Relatively calm because there's no such thing as full shelves getting empty. But having said that, when there is something that comes in, like when chicken comes in somewhere, the line goes around the block, which I'm not going to stand in that line, no. and it, it disappears in two seconds. So it's not panic buying. It's the typical thing that happens here when something gets into a store, yeah. it gets wiped out. Gotcha. All right. Next segment I want to get into. Thank you for sharing everything about your location. I'd like to talk about yesterday, today, and beyond. Getting in a topic of your expertise, something you can reflect upon a year ago, how you feel about it today and going forward. What do you feel about healthcare? My God, that's been like the biggest one for me, basically. Um, I'll, let me just put it this way. This is a rapid fire, isn't it? This is fast. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay, it's fast. Um, um, that was that was what chose that was what made my decision to stay here. When when there was that moment that flights were closing and it was like, are you coming? You're going. My family's like, leave, leave, leave. Um, I I was like, if I get sick in the states, I am fucked. I do not have healthcare there, and I have healthcare here. I have all the food in the world in the states, and I have toys and I have deliveries, but I have that here. So for me, it became a choice to answer your question, how I felt about it yesterday versus how I felt about it today, is mm -hmm. it really came down to the fact that I cannot get sick and I need to run to a hospital and get really taken care of. And I feel about that in Cuba, with all the stuff that's going wrong here, I feel safer here than I do in the States right now, which mm -hmm. says something to you. Which really does, I appreciate it. Yeah, but you know, obviously as we're coming into an election year, this is going to be a major issue. Healthcare has always been an issue, but I think, you know, finally the, the, the United States, the, the populace will think about it in a very different priority, right? 
Uh, next, let me yeah. ask you about privilege. How do you feel about privilege? I mean, it's been so interesting being on this side of the field, basically, and watching social media. And when I say that, it's not a judgmental thing because I'm the New Yorker and a lot of these people are my friends. But literally flipping through Instagram could be really intense watching someone in their big palatial estate running around and saying, thank you for the virus for allowing me to, to reassess things and to think and meditate a little longer. And, you know, like people everywhere else or like in certain countries, especially third world, they're really, really day to day is hell. Yeah. So it's weird to see on social media. I'm not saying don't do it because I know you're speaking amongst your own peers and stuff like that, but just to really sort of open those eyes and be conscious of what yeah. some of your content looks like um, and how ivory tower-ish it seems and all that stuff. And, and, you know, and if you, we are blessed in that sense, economically, like give to something, you know, if you're outside of Cuba, you can donate to a lot of different causes, like balance the karma out on that one. Yeah. You know, it's interesting just, just to chime in and fire back. I've, I've been to Cuba three times and privilege in Cuba is something that is not considered something to show off. Uh, and I've been into homes and situations where the exterior of them, you would think it's like every street on the block and you walked in and people had their luxuries inside. Um, and, you know, I think today is a unique moment in human history for the sense that we are all aware of this moment, right? We all are, whether affected or not, we know something's happening. But the privilege thing is really interesting because it's not an equal playing field. If people say we're all in this together, yes, we are. But speak to a place that doesn't have clean water or soap. Like, we have to be very mindful of how we talk about this. It is not an equal playing field whatsoever. And privilege in how we present ourselves. Cuba really taught me about kindness, consideration. And you know what? If you have something, you don't need to put it in people's faces. So, you know, that was one thing I really, really admired from the mentality of the, the trips I've taken to Cuba. So, interesting. Mm -hmm. I hope that privilege going forward is something more humble, uh, People, people share it with more humility, right? Let me say one thing before we move to the next one. Cuba has an interesting relationship with money, though, too, and I sort of, like, laugh about it once in a while. Um, they don't flaunt it. Um, yeah. And it, it's almost like there, there's a shame involved in, like, having a lot of money because you're kind of hiding it. So you will yeah. see a big house in some chic neighborhood, and but it's got this ugly fence in front of it, and you can't quite see the house exactly. Yeah. So there's someone in the middle is the answer. It's like a spectrum, basically. It's, it's like, you know... I'm not saying show it off, but like definitely like be okay with owning pretty things mixed yeah. with being a good person, a good and kind person. But yeah. it's it's a funny, interesting thing here. And because remember, Cuba's a very anti-capitalist uh, psychology. So yeah. they're like, no, they're like, that's cosa capitalista. We don't, you know, we're all poor. It's like, no, some of people here do very well. Yeah. So. Well, I think, you know, from a human perspective around the globe, this is a perspective moment of how you can help other individuals, regardless of your political background, regardless of your opinions. How can this be an evolutionary moment? How we can all help each other out of it? Speaking of which, next topic I'd like to ask you is community. What has it meant past, today, and future to you? Uh, I guess community always felt a little more kind of light before in terms of um, friends that listen to the same music and, you know, wear the same clothes and, and maybe travel to the same countries. Um, and with community here, it's, it, it's really, really deep. It's really someone, first of all, you have to trust your friends here because people yeah. can get you in trouble. So a friend is a friend with a capital F here. It's not someone who has your back. And then also community in terms of sharing. Right now I'm dealing with community in terms of where do I buy the sausage? Who knows where to get Parmesan cheese? You know, people are sharing information with each other and they have each other's backs. And 
And when things are really hard to find, they share it in a way that I think maybe somebody else would hoard that information. Here, it's like there's a specific type of handholding that's happening. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm for, for, for necessities too, not just for like, you know, strawberries. <laughs> yeah. But um, so community here is someone that really has your back on a much deeper level. And it's people that really, really show up. So it's yeah. kind of helped me redefine it on a more profound level. Awesome. And then in the future, what do you think it means to you? Continuing from how you feel about it today? I feel like in the future, I mean, it'd be good to do what I just said, like on a global level, really, where you aren't really sort of sharing shallow things, but yeah. really kind of, you know, community is pulling for each other, right? It's making sure that no child left behind, no old, no elder left behind in this case with my local friend who's really created this large network. He has an Excel sheet full of like volunteers that he's organized and, yeah. and then registering every old person in the neighborhood that has nobody taking them food and... So wouldn't that be great if that concept went global? Yeah, like, I really, you know, so. yeah I, I totally agree. I really hope there's so many things that we're doing today that we do carry with us into the future and how we support each other as a community is, is, is obviously one of those things that I hope that we continue the goodness with. Anyway. Yeah. And to right. me, that to me, to me, sorry to interrupt to me, that's more community than like, like going to like, like a burning man, not that I'm dissing burning man. Cause I know that there's fabulous things that happen there. But it's it's like to me like that's the definition of community like really like doing it like like a, a grassroots street program where you're helping like the old people like like that's without anybody prodding them to do it like they feel in their nature that that's what they should be doing. Yeah, very well 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 said. Thank you. Uh, next part I call good riddance. Give me some more and liar liar pants on fire. Good riddance is what have, what are you getting rid of the past four or five weeks you've been sitting at home? What's done? What's something out there or you don't agree with that you're saying just goodbye, you know, afuera, you know, get out of here. Um, I think I'm getting really over just like, like, I, and I'm bringing up the Trump thing again, but even beyond Trump, let's forget him. Just like toxic politics. I mean, we've all been around long enough to um, have seen many presidents happen. And as much as we were pissed off at George W for, you know, Iraq and stuff, it's like nothing, nothing is like, it's toxic now. It's toxic. It's, um, babies are screaming at each other. It's tantrums. It's it's um, you know, good riddance calling the press the enemy of the people. Um, good riddance the gaslighting. It's, it's it's like I think, which is the reason I'm really hoping we shift administrations. Like, um, it's 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 caused a lot of damage the way toxicity does to your body, right? Um, yeah. so I, I I'm ready for I'm ready for like like passing through that door. And then I'm also ready for like a lot of that cliche stuff online that I'm telling you about is just got to go. Um, I remember when 9-11 happened, which was heavy. I was in New York at the time. Just the lyrics of Imagine went around like 50,000 different emails. And the fact that there was like a new um, Imagine thing, I'm just like, good riddance. Can we not use the lyrics of Imagine anymore? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, um, it, is, it is one of the most beautifully written songs yes, ever to be yes, penned on the paper. So I am not dissing the like l profound relationship I have with that song myself. Let's but leave it for John Lennon take, to take sing, it, yeah? No. Take it off the viral, take it off the viral. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so good riddance to toxicity in politics. Good riddance to everyone trying to sing one song that's gorgeous on its own by, thank you, Mr. Lennon. And now let's get into, give me some more. What are you doing now you're gonna continue doing in the future or what is a guilty pleasure that you've adapted 
that like you're just using to pass the time. I can't even remember actually. Uh, uh, a good habit that I'm doing. Um, I know. I, I know the meditation thing sounds cliche, but honestly, I did it so much before, and it really affected me wonderfully. So I have to get back into it again. It awesome. really, really stabilized me. So in terms of new habit, and I can't, I'm not even going to bullshit you and say that I do it every day because I don't. But it, it is in my, my it, it is up there. It is a goalpost right now that I need to get back into 20 minutes every morning again. Amazing. And then I'm, I'm going to go with liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm going to say you're not lying about shit. So is there something out there that you're seeing people sharing that you know there's no way everyone's doing this right now? Yeah, you know, actually, there's this trend with getting on your device that I've been seeing. And, and it's funny because I had, in the same week, two different New Yorkers come to Cuba where people are not on their phones. <laughs> like, internet's a pain in the ass. You're, you're not on data, like, on the street. You have to, like, run to a hotel lobby to get online. Put it that way. Um, and they were trying to show my Cuban friends this amazing app. And the app shows you how much you're off your phone. And there's, like, a whole little degree in a spectrum. And, like, look how many hours I was on and how much I was not. And... And the phone was just not working in front of the Cuban, and the and the American was getting frustrated and trying to show them were off their phone, and it, it looked like a weird like Larry David comedy moment. Get off your fucking phone! You don't need an app to tell you yeah. to get off your phone. <laughs> it was like it was like this addiction to a device to tell you to get off it. And I was like, I'm gonna make it really easy for you. Why don't you put this in your purse? Yeah. Put the fucking app away. Already, okay. Amazing. Amazing. So liar, liar, yeah. people are on their phones yeah. way much more than they used to be, even though they're saying they're not. Totally agree with that. All right. This exactly. is the close out because we've been chatting for a half an hour and I wish we could talk for so much more and we will okay. again offline. But what is this is the wrap this, it up sign. <laughs> this, this, this is the part <laughs> to, get your, to get your word in uh, where it's yours. It's your parting word. What, what would you like to share with everybody? What is what have you taken from this that you'd like to drive home? Horetsi, get your word in, please. Oh my God, all these screens popped up. So I lost your face, but I'm going to talk. Oh, there you are. Yeah. Um, uh, final word that I would say is there is a petition going around. It's on change.org. I will send it to you. Maybe you yep. can put it somewhere. We'll share and it. The petition, is, the petition is to actually drop the sanctions against Cuba, to drop the embargo, even if it's temporary during Corona. But right now, Cuba needs to get medicine. It needs to get certain shipments sent in here. And they can't because America's cock-blocking it. So having said that, as we said, Cuba has sent doctors to like, God knows how many countries, like eight to 10 countries, I guess, right now. So the one thing it needs right now is certain medicines and certain shipment. So this, this petition is really important. It's going around. It's to drop the sanctions on Cuba. And we need a lot of signatures um, because we need to open the doors for a moment here and drop the beef for just a minute. Gotcha. All right. Horatio, you're an amazing human being. And it's so great to get your perspective. And thank you for taking the time and joining me from Havana. I can't wait to see you again in person. And you know what? Like, just doesn't happen often enough we get to connect. I'm going to say thank you for getting a word in with me. Be safe. Stay inside. We need lots more Haretzi forever. All right? <laughs> Hasta pronto. Ojalá que thank you. Pronto. Thanks y for having me. De Thanks for getting a word in. Take care. You're awesome. Big kiss, everyone. Right. <laughs>